On today's episode of the Too Legit Sports Podcast, we'll be discussing Thursday Night Football and Odell Beckham, as well as the key marquee matchups of the week. We'll be discussing the Major League Baseball playoffs with the NLCS kicking off today and the ALCS kicking off tomorrow. Some NBA talk with Jimmy Butler crashing the party and the preseason wrapping up. And of course, we'll talk UFC and some boxing and a little Bellator to close the show. So let's drop the beat and get the party started. treat the Philadelphia Eagles went into MetLife the Meadowlands and they destroyed the New York Giants who were rocking their all-white throwbacks they busted out these beautiful throwbacks for Thursday night just to get throttled the Eagles who 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 are coming off a loss both of these teams needed a victory to just you know morale and to stay alive and the Eagles came in and crushed the Giants what else can we say? Odell Beckham was very frustrated. This man left before halftime was over. Okay, he was already up and out of there. He was walking through the tunnel. He was not having it, not feeling this offense, not feeling anything. Because all they had was what? Six points? Two field goals, if that, at the half? They can't figure it out. And it's all, I think, because of Eli Manning. Eli Manning is washed, ladies and gentlemen. Everybody knows it. The ownership knows it. The coach knows it. But they know that the fans love Eli. They tried to do this last year. They brought in Geno Smith. That's the, probably the one guy you can't use to replace Eli Manning. Geno Smith. The fans revolted. They put Eli back in after missing, after getting benched for that one start, rather. And now he's here. You're stuck with him. You took Barkley over Donald. Even though Barkley's an animal. Well, over 200 yards yesterday. He's not the problem. What is the solution for the New York Giants? Because now Odell's frustrated, and you have Saquon, but you need the quarterback. The offensive line is not great either. So they're probably going to take Herbert in the first round next year if they go all in. Herbert next year, first round, second round, they go with a left, left tackle, and they build that offensive line. But now it's time to tank it up. It's tankapalooza in the, right now in the NFL. The Giants have to tank and get the top pick because you have to look out for Oakland as well to get that top pick because don't be surprised if John Gruden dumps Derek Carr, they can get out of that contract after this season. So New York has to secure a top pick or they have to make a trade for a Russell Wilson or a team that's rebuilding. Not a lot of doozies on the schedule this week. You got Seattle and Oakland and London, which should be a treat. And it should be a mess, but I'll take Seattle to win that game. I believe they're favored by a half a point. Some places have me up more high. The Rams going into Denver. This is a dangerous game for the LA Rams. The Rams are favored by a touchdown, but Denver in the mile high, great defense. What are they going to do? They're going to hand that ball off and slow it down and get Goff off the field. That is what's Denver's strategy. That is the blueprint to beat the Chiefs and the Rams is to keep the quarterback off the field. So I expect a lot of ground and pound, a lot of running from from Denver, and the defense has to hold up in the mile high. This game will be close. I'll take the Rams to win. But Denver will cover. It'll be like a field goal kind of game. I still hope the Rams score more than 30. 
If it, if it becomes a shootout, that's Denver's in trouble. But I believe that defense will hold in Denver. And the Rams will have to win a close one. Number one is Kansas City. Pat Mahomes, the game of Mahomes. Kermit the Frog, the Stephen Curry of the NFL. Big Pat Pat is coming into New England, into Foxborough. Where rookie quarterbacks are 1-44 and 44 in the lifetime in Gillette. Okay, is it 1-44 and 44 or 1-46? and 46? Something like that. But there's only one quarterback who's done it. Colin Kaepernick, as a rookie in 2012, has won that game. He went into England and beat the Patriots. He's the only one to do it. New England is getting a field goal, so they're basically calling it a pick -em. Can Patrick Mahomes do it? Can he be the two? Can he be the second quarterback to do it? And I'm going to tell you right here, right now, that it is going to happen. I believe Andy Reid has the juice. Even though New England is back, we are in October. This is when New England is primed and, the, and, and, the, and it's a well-oiled machine. However, Patrick Mahomes is something different. He's something special. He's got all the weapons. They have a solid, great defense. Okay, but can, can New England keep up? I think the New England Patriots will go down at home. And that is the NFL talk. Let's take a quick break and we'll get into the MLB playoffs. The National League Championship Series kicks off tonight. The Brew Crew, Los Cerveceros de Milwaukee, the Brewers, are hosting the Los Angeles Dodgers. Three straight National League Championship Series for the Dodgers. The experience is on the visiting team side. This is a battle. The bullpen of Milwaukee versus the bats of the Dodgers. This is also number one versus number two in home runs the National League. This is going to be bombs away, and it's all going to come down to that bullpen of Milwaukee. They're great. Hater is an animal. They got a matchup for everybody. The starting pitching is off the chain. You got Gio Gonzalez and Milwaukee to start it off instead of Chassin. Chassin goes game three, I believe. They got Wade Miley going game two. Dodgers going with Kershaw, then going with Ryu, then Bueller, then Rich Hill for game four. This is going to be a heck of a matchup. The starting pitching of the Dodgers is great. The pitching of the Brewers, the bullpen is great too. Right now, you would take Hader over Jansen. So you got to favor him right there. The bats and the offense, I'm going to give to the Dodgers. They, they have more home runs. They got so many weapons off the bench. And they're never out of it with that lineup. They also have the experience factor. Once again, like I said, third straight NLCS. They know what it takes. They know how long series can be. They know what it takes to win a long series. In the end, I'm going to go with experience. And I'll take the Dodgers in seven to win the National League Championship Series and to go to the World Series. This is going to be a back-and-forth series. I would not be surprised if Milwaukee won the first two and the, and the Dodgers won the next three, and it came down to a seventh game. On the American League, we have the Astros and the Red Sox. The Red Sox had the best record in, the ma in Major League Baseball. Solid pitching. A little bit of a shaky bullpen, but they have all that offense. Meanwhile, the Astros, all that starting pitching, okay? They got all the weapons. They have all the experience. They just explode randomly late in games. I'm going with the Red Sox in seven games. This is only based on home field advantage. I think the Red Sox in Fenway in a game seven is the tipping point. And we will have the Red Sox and the, and the Dodgers in the World Series. Ratings galore for Fox. Joe Buck can't believe it. He's going to love it. I can't wait for both series to begin this weekend. It's an awesome weekend in sports. NBA talk. 
The preseason is coming to an end. The Warriors and the Lakers played in Vegas uh, Wednesday, and they play tonight in San Jose. LeBron's still fine-tuning his team, still figuring out where he's going to go and what he's going to use and who he's going to pass it to. Lonzo Ball came back, so that was pretty awesome to see, actually. Back on the court, healthy, running and gunning and passing. The Lakers are playing so fast. And you can tell right now that Brandon Ingram will take that next step this year. He's primed and ready. LeBron has wrapped his arm around him, as well as Kuzma, as well as Kuzma. But Brandon Ingram is going to boost up to from that 16-point guy to about 22, maybe 24. He's taking a huge leap this year. He's going to get that confidence. He's going to take that mid-range shot, those three-pointers. LeBron feeding him in open spots. It's going to be a career year for Brandon Ingram. Not only Ingram, but Kuzma and Ball. I believe all these guys' stats will shoot up. Just being around LeBron. But Brandon Ingram will be that guy. He can be the number two. He's got the Durant figure. Okay, I understand that. But Brandon Ingram is his own guy. And I can't wait to see how he develops and matures throughout this year. And what kind of scoring threat he turns into. And don't forget about his defense. His defense, you sleep on his defense. It ain't Josh Hart. Nothing is Josh Hart defense right now. He doesn't care about the volume and the girth in front of him. Josh Hart will beat you down in the post. However, back to Brandon Ingram, he'll get there. Jimmy Butler is calling out everybody in practice. He's got Cat kicking the ball. He's got Wiggins questioning himself. He's waiting for Wiggins' brother outside of the locker room as we speak. Jimmy Butler doesn't leave the facility. He just waits and waits for everybody that talks shit on Twitter. He waits for them to come by in the hallway and confronts them in an aggressive manner. However, Jimmy Butler owned the practice with the third stringers. If you have, look, if Jimmy Butler had Lou Aldang and a bunch of guys from the, from the summer league and beat you, that's, that's, that's crazy. That should never happen under any circumstances. And Jimmy Butler set this all up. I'm calling this right now. It's starting to come out slowly and people are starting to figure it out. This is all set up by Jimmy Butler. Rachel Nichols just all of a sudden had to fly to Minneapolis the day, the night before. Oh yeah, because you know, there's so much going on in Minnesota that she had to fly in the night before. Jimmy Butler does all this. He lashes out because you can't hold out in the NBA. You can't hold out in the NBA, so you got to lash out. So he lashes out. He does his thing and he just so happens that Rachel Nichols is right there in Jimmy Butler's house. The pool table is nicely, nicely arranged, right? Everything is promptly set up. And Jimmy Butler goes into major, major detail about this. About everything that happened at the practice. Yada, yada, yada. Calling out Cat because he's the most talented. Wiggins is the most God-gifted. I worked the hardest. And he just wants people to love basketball as much as him. Tibbs is on board and nobody else is on, Okay. The owner and the rest of the players are on one side, and it's Tibbs and Butler on the other. I, I got to respect Tibbs for living and dying with this guy and living and dying with this style, even though he hasn't won anything. They've never been around three, I believe, have they? Well, Jimmy Butler hasn't been around three. The next day, Jimmy Butler holds a players-only meeting. It gets crazy. He starts talking to everybody. He starts doing his thing. It could have been just Jimmy Butler talking to himself in a mirror. It could have been Jimmy Butler talking to like a dead skull, Shakespeare style. Nevertheless, there was a closed-door, players-only meeting. Practice was canceled, and media availability was canceled. Shams comes out. He talks about this meeting, and then Jeff T comes out, and all these other players saying it never happened, and what are you talking about? And Jimmy Butler is probably the source for everybody saying it actually happened and confirmed it. He probably confirmed it to Rachel Nichols and everybody else. So now everybody's trying to do damage control, and it looks ridiculous. We fast-forward to tonight. Jimmy Butler... Doesn't want to play in the preseason game. He just decides to stay back and quote-unquote work on his fitness. Okay. 
Jimmy Butler looks like he's staying in Minnesota. And it's gonna, this is going to be the funniest thing. I hope there's a backstage Wolves because the Lakers have a backstage reality show. Minnesota needs one because this is this, how can this how can this happen? How is this going to be a thing that goes on in the NBA this season? Trade Jimmy Butler, get what you can. He's not going to stay. He'll stay if you offer him 190 million dollars, which is crazy. It's ludicrous. But you got to trade Jimmy Butler. Enough is enough. I say that thinking teams want to trade. Teams will trade it for 50 cents on the dollar. But we're four days away from the season. Things are set. Lineups are set. Rotations are set. Goals are set. Expectations are set. And now you want to bring in a new guy who's had trouble with three teams in the past three seasons. Tough if you're a Wolves fan. Shout out to Nottis fan and Eric out in Minneapolis listening to the show. The Wolves will bounce back. But I definitely will take the under. It's still at 45. Take the under. NBA MVP talk. I have a top five list of who I think will win the MVP. But looking at the odds, you heard me about Lonzo. We got Porzingis at 275 to 1. Blake Griffin at 225 to 1. That's a that's a stretch. Got Paul George at 125 to 1. Chris Paul at 100. Nikola Jokic and Chris Paul all at 101. 80 to 1 for DeMar DeRozan. You got Donovan Mitchell, sleeper at 25 to 1. You got Kyrie at 15 to 1. That's a sleeper. My number five person to win the MVP right now is Joel Embiid. If he stays healthy, there's, a, there's, a, there's an alternative universe where Embiid plays 66, 70 games. Philly's the two seed, and, 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 and they're amazing. That's out there. You have to tie him up with Kyrie. That's why Kyrie at 15 to 1 makes sense. If he plays, if he's healthy and he stays healthy the whole year, he hasn't won an MVP award. So that would make sense as well for Kyrie. Those are the, are the long shots, in my opinion. Another honorable mention for a long shot would be James Harden, because if they're going to let him walk around and do behind the backs and eight sidesteps to the right and shoot threes, he can win an MVP next year. Okay? Number four is Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard is nine and a half to one to win the MVP. Kawhi is on a new team in the East. They were the one seed last year. If they win 59, 60 games this year and he's the best player, he shows out. He shows he's healthy. He shows he's a top five player. He shows he's the, one of the top, if not the top two-way players in the NBA. He can win the MVP award. He's never won an MVP. Keep that in mind. He's never won an MVP. And that's a narrative that Kawhi could get behind and his people could get behind. The media can get behind. He leaves San Antonio. He leaves the godfather. Not really the godfather. That's Pat Riley. He leaves the greatest coach in the NBA, Greg Popovich. And he goes to Toronto and wins the MVP. What a narrative. Number three. Number three. We're staying in the East. I'm taking Giannis Antetokounmpo to win the MVP. Okay, we have a new coach in Coach Bud. He can coach. He took a Hawks team to 60 wins. He can coach. He was so good last year. That team last year in Atlanta was terrible, but he's such a good coach, he had him win an extra 10 games at least. Giannis' talent, he could take a leap forward and, and score 26 and 12 and 8 and some ridiculous stat lines with Coach Bud. Chris Middleton taking a step. Bledsoe finding himself. Expecting a trade in the middle of the season to keep Giannis happy and to add another weapon. This team can win 50 games and definitely have home court advantage, which is all the requirements for an MVP. So Giannis Antetokounmpo to win the MVP. I have that at number three. He's at five to one to win the MVP. Okay. Number two. 
the brow. He's at four and a half to one right now, plus 450 to win the most viable player. The narrative is there for Anthony Davis. He has not won an MVP award, okay? His stat line is outrageous when he's healthy, and he's proven that he's healthy last year. The, the narrative of him being healthy stops, and it will not carry over this year, okay? Anthony Davis will put up a ridiculous stat line. No Rondo hurts, but he's got Randall. He's got Miritich. No Boogie. You got the narrative Boogie to the, to the Warriors, even though he did not have Boogie Cousins at all during the postseason run. You got Drew Holiday, Drew Holiday there. If he's healthy, he's an all-NBA defensive player. He locks down everybody. This is Davis's year. They need to take the step forward. I think the team is good, but that's a team that could be a four seed, three seed, or an eight seed. Either way, we got to see how they come out this year, how strong they are this year, and can you play Davis, Miritich, and Randall all together? That's the real question. But Anthony Davis is my number two pick to win the MVP, and my number one pick to win the MVP. Put your money on it right now. Venmo all your friends in Vegas. My number one pick to win the MVP this year is LeBron James. Now, we can all agree that LeBron James will win an MVP in these next four years. You can debate me all you want. He will win one in the next four years. He is now the Vegas favorite to win the MVP. Let's look at the narrative. LeBron James is going to a team with no expectations. He's going to a team that did not make the playoffs last year. Only won 35 games. Okay? He's going to a tougher conference. He's in the bigger market, the one, if not the biggest market in the West. All new pieces. If this team wins 50 games and they grab the three seed, nobody expects this team to grab the three seed and win 50 plus games. If he improves Ingram and Kuzma and Ball, he revives the basketball in Los Angeles. He put the Lakers back on the map. This is all for LeBron to win the MVP. LeBron James is my pick to win the MVP this year. I think the Lakers will win more than 50 games. I believe they'll be the four seed fighting for the three seed. Okay, because you got Golden State, you got Houston, you got Utah. Be careful, that's my team to sneak. That's a sneaky two seed right there, Utah. And then you got the Lakers and Oklahoma City battling out. Okay, and if it's a four or five matchup, Oklahoma City and the Lakers, who are you taking? You're taking LeBron and the Lakers, of course. Quick MMA talk. Of course, we have Bellator this weekend. Fedor taking on Chael Sonnen. I got Fedor winning that fight. Chael Sonnen can sell a fight. He can sell ice to an igloo. Okay, he can sell fur to a polar bear. It doesn't matter. Chael Sonnen will sell you a fight. I'm watching on Saturday night. Fedor is going to explode and knock out Chael Sonnen, finish him on the ground. Wouldn't be surprised if Chael tapped the strikes. And you got Benson Henderson fighting uh, Iowa or some other guy like that. I completely forgot about Benson Henderson. He left the UFC. He was a champion in the UFC. But ever since he left, he's kind of fallen off the radar. He lost some fights at 170, I remember. And yeah, I, I totally forgot he was in Bellator. I totally forgot he was fighting. But I'll take Benson Henderson to win that fight. Terrence Crawford is on ESPN. He's fighting Jose Benavides Jr. Terrence Crawford is an animal, okay, ladies and gentlemen. He's, a, he's an undefeated boxer from Omaha, Nebraska. He cleaned out the 140 division, and now he's cleaning out the 147-pound division. He's facing Jose Benavidez Jr. I expect a late, late stoppage by Terrence Crawford. He's an animal. I need him to fight Errol Spence tonight, okay? Can we get Errol Spence and Terrence Crawford in the ring together, please? Make that fight happen on ESPN, on PBC, on Showtime, somewhere, pay-per-view. Make it happen.
Last thing we'll talk about is Khabib Nurmagomedov threatening. He's using honor over money here. He is threatening to quit the UFC if his homies are released. Artem wants to fight that guy, Mahumagov or whatever his name is. Sorry if I butchered your name, but I got to respect Khabib. He, nobody knew about Khabib before Saturday, and now he's using all the clout, all the leverage, maximum possible, okay? He's meeting with Putin. He's meeting with all these, che he met with the Chechen leader. He's meeting with everybody. He's the king of Dagestan right now, and he's using all his clout and all his leverage to make sure his boys get paid and keep on fighting. Khabib is demanding big checks. I want Khabib and Nate Diaz next. And that's my final note. Who do you want Khabib to fight? I want Nate Diaz next. It'll probably be Tony, and then we'll have Nate still waiting on the sidelines, but I need Nate Diaz to fight, okay? Tony and Khabib are okay. Thank you everyone for listening to the Two Legit Sport Podcast with your host, Alex Fernandez. Leave some comments below on what topics you want to discuss on the podcast. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube where you see videos of the content earlier. And, of course, on Apple Podcasts and Google Play if you're on the road listening to the audio experience. Once again, my name is Alex Fernandez, and thank you so much for listening to the show. Enjoy the fun-filled sports weekend, and we'll talk to you on Tuesday.